the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This program is recorded to air at this time. Welcome to Healthcare Now with your hosts, Larry Jones and Dr. Mark Shayat. Want to become an educated healthcare consumer? Then join our discussion about all things healthcare and understand how to navigate our complex U.S. healthcare system. Now, let's join our hosts in the Healthcare Now studios. Welcome to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones, and you have found the Healthcare Now studio. We got things to talk about, but Larry, I got to start with what? the elephant in the room. What's that? I mean, I wish this was television <laughs> instead of radio, but you got this thing on your forehead. What, oh, what's yeah. going on, brother? I got a bandage. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, summer's here. Yeah. I had my annual dermatology checkup Very this nice. morning, Dr. Mark. Very nice. And they found a little spot they didn't like, and they took a biopsy wow. on my forehead. There you go. Everything else is good. Yep. Just one? Just one, yeah. Uh, see, yeah. they usually do three. You know, they, I know. I, I bet they looked hard yeah. for those other two, and <laughs> they kind of moved on. Oh yeah, they did a little freezing. You know, the the nitrogen and all. But, oh yeah, but it's all good. But it's just a reminder to our listeners. Oh yeah, get this is your the dermatology time. checkup. You know, summertime kind of makes you think of a number of things, and these are things it that does. are important year round. But your dermatology dermatology checkup, yep. your your wellness visit for your you know annual yep. wellness visit, yep. and now we've got schools out. Schools out. There are more kids on the street. Yep. There are more teenage drivers. Yep. There's more people going to the beach. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I guess it's almost a moot point because, I, I mean. Road, everybody's the, using their pools yeah. more. And, and yeah. Well, I was thinking, first, on the auto accidents. Yep. Like, I mean, you can't drive back and forth on, yep. to the beach without seeing cars on the side or being sitting in traffic. Absolutely. And it, yep. it's scary, you know. It's and, very and people, scary. Uh, people don't, they get distracted. And, and you got uh, kids that are driving to the beach that maybe are n- novel at that. Right, right. Might be you new. Know, might be yeah. new. So, yeah. so that's something to look out for. Yeah. You know, drive carefully. You know, don't drive aggressively. And then you, you were leaning towards the, the water issues. Yeah. I mean, you know, Florida's got more pools, more lakes, and more, more coastlines. Well, speaking of the beaches, did you see that last week alone they pulled out 237 people in Daytona From, from the beach, riptide. From yeah. the riptides. Yeah. Yeah, can you imagine? That's a lot of that's people. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. That's a lot. They of people. were really busy. Yeah, no, that and and you know that's just they only cover lifeguards only cover a small percentage of that coastline. That's right. So that's it right. is. That's a, yeah. that's a worrisome thing. But also, you always hear in the news, you know, people that look the other way and they've got a toddler in the pool. Yep. And, in you know, fact, it's we had a family avoidable. friend that mm-hmm. just lost their two-year-old two weeks ago. To drowning in their own pool. It's just, just awful. Just it's awful. Just I mean, horrendous. We do, we do see that a lot at the, at the hospital, yep. and yep. yeah, just we gotta, we gotta pay attention to these things, yep. Larry. Yep. Summertime's here. Enjoy it while you can, but pay attention yep. and be safe. And you know, one other one: leaving kids in your car and forgetting they're there. Man, I can't even see in, in the heat that we have. Yeah. How quickly? Ten minutes. But, yeah. Animals, kids. They yeah. Say no, that the car will get up to 125 degrees in ten, in 10 minutes. minutes. Yeah. No, yeah. no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Awful, awful. But, you know, I know we're talking about some dreary things, but let's talk about a couple of good things. I think that's probably a good balance. It is. Let's take you know, one. Let's mm-hmm. talk about some basic health. Life okay. expectancy in the U.S. has increased over 30 years since 1900, Dr. Mark. 
Yeah, I always like the the life expectancy, mm-hmm. and and you know they do a lot of comparisons, and there's no doubt, there's no doubt that we've come a long way. We have, but you know the majority of that come a long way is on the front end, on the yes, kids. That's right. Because infant mortality, and and I only bring this up because you know they compare us to other nations that you would think are like lesser in in healthcare, right, right. and they say, well, gosh, you know their life expectancy is better or almost right. as good. Right. Well, it's it's because in those areas and in the U.S., we've right. done a great deal to decrease infant mortality. Yes. Well, it's interesting you mentioned infant, uh, newborn. The National Center for Health Statistics says that if you were born in 2021, your life expectancy is 76.1 years now. Right. And, and in 1900, it was 46 years. It was, but, you know, when we look back at, at history and history books, there were people living into their 80s. Right. Yeah. And there were there were quite oh, yeah. a few that, that we know about. And so a lot of that's the same thing. Right. Is whereas we don't really know if the upper the ceiling of age has changed that much yeah. when we look at the fact that infant mortality in those days was incredibly high. Right. Right. So, I mean, it was like when, when they talk the actual stats, I mean, the majority of kids didn't make it. Right. And right. so so right. that it is, I, I always I'm always fascinated by that data because, I mean, yeah. no one that's, I, that's there'd be a way positive. to control for that. And and figure out is are we doing better on the other side? Are right, we doing right. better getting more people that are fifty to eighty? Right. Has that changed? Exactly. I mean that'd be that'd be worth. We probably do a little, little little. Uh, I'd search. like to look into that. Yeah. But you know it's interesting in nineteen during the COVID life expectancy actually predictions decreased a little bit. They did. They did. But now they've come back. Yeah. And yeah. and it was. A lot of it was was data taking, you know, the sampling that they're doing. Right. And when when you just add into the fact that you have a bunch of unexpected deaths as opposed to balancing out some of the things like there were fewer automobile mortalities. There right. were, you know, there were other right. fewer flu mortalities yep. just because there wasn't yep. as much, uh, much exposure. Right. But it did it or did it not balance out the loss for COVID? Exactly. And it, apparently it did not. And, you know, the other positive thing, Dr. Mark, is the percent of Americans without health insurance since 2010 has dropped from about 16% to just over 8 Right, but it's about to go back up, right? <laughs> it, that's right. <laughs> I mean, right. 15 million uh, Americans yep. losing their Medicaid, it's definitely going to go back yep. up. Yep. In fact, we're getting calls from our own physician offices asking how can we retain some of these patients that they're losing on Medicaid. How are they going to do it, Larry? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's really, I mean, you can't. I mean, it's, it's, there's not it's, really an answer. It's very difficult. The only thing is try and get an ACA product that you get a large um, federal subsidy and you got a low premium. But I mean, you get, if you, you qualify, insurance. if you yeah. qualify for that. Yeah. And I mean, that's right. that's the tough group that, that we've talked about you know, since the original Obamacare. And you still got Obamacare. a huge copay. Yeah, you sure. You know, seven, $800 copays. Right, right. Or, or, you know, out of pocket. Out of pocket cost. Out of pocket, out of pocket cost. cost. Yeah. Yep. yep. But those are a couple of good things. And, you know, we talk about access to care. And then uh, I don't know if you ever read that ticked off in the uh, Orlando Sentinel. No, I know. I'm, I'm aware yeah. of it, but I, yeah. I don't. I, I catch it every now and then with somebody from health. It says, it really ticks me off that when I need to talk to my doctor's office, I cannot get through the Advent Health Call Center. Oh, they, they named it right out? Yeah, oh, they goodness. did. Until Advent took over, my doctor's office could answer their own calls make their own appointments and you could leave messages for them and they would call you back. Yeah. That's yeah. I tell you, I took a, a tour of a facility recently yep. 
And one of the things they pointed out was in their waiting room, you know, they had all the, all the folks that were checking people in. Mm-hmm. And he said, take a look. You'll notice that they don't have phones. Yep. And all their phone calls go to a call center yep. uh, that is not even in that building. And the, the reality is it makes sense, the re- their reasoning. Yep. Their, the sense is they want these people to pay attention to the people that are in the room. Right. You know, so, so that's a good move. But they have to staff those call centers that's right. That's right. adequately enough yep. with people that can actually answer questions and not just, you know, either put you on hold. It, it can be yep. extremely frustrating. And scheduling for, like, if you schedule for a radiology appointment, it's yep. it's now centralized scheduling in these bigger hospitals. And it's the same kind of thing. You right. don't necessarily get the level of service that you needed. And right. I, it's just a... You well, know? being an independent advocate like we are, Dr. Mark, and again, we have nothing against the hospital-owned physicians out no. there, but it is a different environment. And I can tell you, I personally experienced the specialist uh, hospital-owned physician. Yeah. When when my specialist was purchased by Advent, I came into that same problem as nobody would call me back. Yeah. And, and it took me two months to get an appointment. So when I went in, I told my physician, I said, listen, if you want me to continue to see you, you give me your cell number, and yeah. I'll call you when I can't get through, and you can help me get an appointment. Yeah, he gave he it did. to me, and some yeah. of and some of the people will. You can see yeah. that there's a limit to that. He was and, upset about and, it. Well, it's, yeah. it's frustrating because I've yeah. got a, another friend who just had a, a surgical procedure, mm-hmm. and surgery went great. He loves the surgeon. He loved the you know the OR experience. Everything went the way it, right. it should, but the experience that he had inpatient and outpatient follow up which was outlined by his doctor's program, right? right. It was discussed right. like this is going to happen. Actually, it was not just outlined. He was given a sheet that said this is going to happen, then right. this is going to happen. And, you know, he's pretty meticulous, and he looked through. Interesting. And it's all these things that did not happen. And so he, he, he wanted to talk to me about it. So I, I went over. He was recovering really well. Yeah. And I sat down with him, and he says, I'm just going to give you my list, and let's go over this list. And I will tell you, that the most important part about him giving feedback on that list is letting that doctor know that this is his patient's experience yep. because that doctor yep. is asked to work at this hospital. He's not, he's not employed, yep. but he says, listen, you know, they're telling him if you do your procedures here, this is the kind of wraparound pre-op and That's post-op right. program we have. And if it's not happening, he needs to know. Yep. And you can actually make a difference there. So now we're mixing that hospital experience that you might get lost in right. with somebody who cares, not just the patient, that's but right. the patient's advocate. Yep. And that's, I mean, I would suggest that when you have a, a, a difficult time, that instead of thinking about just making a complaint, you know, get constructive about yep. it. Yep. Who can you talk to where yep. there might actually be change? Because I can tell you, yelling at the person on the other end of the phone Doesn't is any, useless. It's completely it's useless. Useless. It's kind. Of, it's unkind, yeah. and you're probably yeah. just going to get hung up on and not listened yeah. to. But if you can get to the right people, yeah. and those your that's typically doctor. it's your own doctor. That's right. Because it means something to them. You yeah. mean something to them. Yeah. Whereas I'm not yeah. saying that you mean something to the hospital as well, yeah. but you can get yeah. lost in the makeup. Yeah. So you know, it's yeah. kind of kind he of actually a, said to me, Doctor Mark, I'm upset about this. You've been my patient for years, right. and we do follow-ups every year right. over issues. And he said, here's my cell number. When you can't get through, you leave either email me, text me, or call me. You know, and that's wonderful, but I yep. will – The my concern there is 
I'm just going to guess, but he probably isn't tremendously far from retirement. Actually, he's no? in his fifties. In his fifties, yeah. fifties. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So yeah. I think that the the physicians that are willing to take that on, mm-hmm. I don't know that we're making as many of them as we no, used to. I agree. And yeah. you know, and and I'm you know I'm part of that process. Yep. And yep. we talk to the students all the time, mm-hmm. and it, it really it it all depends on how we push them towards burnout yep. or you know, getting that minimum done or, yep. or going that extra right. mile. And, and, you know, 75% of physicians today that are coming out of residency are going into employed physician practices. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, yeah. at, at, at our, at our school, we really focus on service oriented students. Yep. And our hope is that, you know, if you, you can't develop like your doctor, your doctor's been like that his whole life. Yes. Okay. Yes. He's been willing to put himself out there. Yeah. And he takes time with you. Yeah. He's and that's why I go there. That's why you go there. And so, even though he's owned by the hospital. Yep. So yep. yeah, that's not yep. hopefully going to change him. Yep. But on the other hand, if you have someone who just isn't wired that way, right. it is very difficult to train them that way because quite frankly, it doesn't make sense because it's not efficient. Right. It's not making making them right. get to where they're trying to go. Yep. But they have to it actually has to give them a fulfillment inside that you know like this is this is how i want to be and this is how i'm going to be yeah i'm all for efficiencies and i get that from the health system it's called patient care starts impacting customer service it's a problem it's called patient care larry that's right and you should care about your patients that's right what are we going to talk about in the next Uh, session here we're going to talk about pain management dr oh man let me give you a quick uh yeah the the journal of the american medical association says that there are new cases of chronic pain being diagnosed more than even diabetes, depression, or high blood pressure, Dr. Mark. Man, that's, We're going to talk that's about staggering. that when we come back. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry. You have found Dr. Mark and Larry Jones in the Healthcare Now studios, and we're going to pick up our conversation talk about chronic pain. Yeah, we haven't talked about no, chronic we pain haven't. on this show, it's Dr. A, Mark. It's a huge problem. I think uh, you'd be impressed with some of these stats. Well, yeah, and when I was uh, looking at this, you know, we, we said earlier before we went to break that chronic pain is being, new cases of chronic pain is being diagnosed greater than even diabetes, depression, or high blood pressure. But the issue is... Chronic pain represents $635 billion a year in cost, Dr. Mark. That's more than cancer, diabetes, and even heart disease. Yeah, because they look at lost wages. Yep. They look at issues with addiction. Right. I mean, the the economic cost across the board, it's not just looking at the medications or the doctor's visits. It's at the impact because, you know, if if your diabetes is Mm well-managed, You can live a very normal life. Yeah. You can go to work, you can perform your duties, and you know, but that that key point is is if you are well managed. In chronic pain, yep. we're not very good at managing it. Right. We're not very good at turning it around and making it go away. And, and so it does. Cases, it's an economic it leads cost. To opioid addiction. Yeah, oh absolutely. And absolutely. you've seen that yourself. Yep. yep. No, I mean that's that's 
I don't, that's at least one of the largest concerns. Yep. And I think it's become so prevalent in the literature because it's something that we can definitely improve on. Yep. Like, you know, when we look at surgical procedures for back issues, right now our technology isn't improving at the rate that we need it to. And so we're, we're creating more chronic pain patients than we would like. Yep. So if, if that happens, you know, you know, that, that's the, that's the in, inflow, right. right? So if we can't decrease the amount that are coming into the problem, we're not only yep. seeing that number grow, we're also seeing our cure for pain, which right. is certainly not a cure, our palliation for pain. Right. Becoming problematic. Well, not only is the $635 billion in healthcare, I uh, got a couple stats. Prescription opioids for chronic pain patients cost patients on average just the opioids over $800 a year out of pocket. But patients with moderate pain, the out of pocket cost is almost $5,000 a year, and you can add another 3000 to that with chronic pain patients. So they're paying $8,000 a year out of pocket to manage their chronic pain. Man, I mean, that that's crazy. Because to be fair, like most, one of the problems with the use of opioids is opioids are cheap, yep. right? So there are a lot of medications out there that we can use instead of opioids, but they're all more expensive than opioids. Right. So yeah, that's that's interesting. I wonder if they're if they're looking at some of the procedures like the epidurals and that type of thing. If that jumps into the cost too, because you can't you can imagine that if it's just you know Percocet, you know, but the issue becomes yeah. you get used to that level of opioid yeah. and it's not doing what it needs to do for pain anymore. Right. Well, it's interesting. It says more than one in five adults in the U.S. experience chronic pain. Doctor Martin. One in five. One in five. Twenty percent. Wow. Yeah. And it says 8% of adults have what they call high-impact chronic pain. And of that 8%, almost 90% of those people are unable to work. Right. I think that's the definition, yeah. right? So yeah. so high-impact chronic pain would be something that actually keeps you from doing your activities of daily living or going to work. So that's that's 8% of the population. Right, right. And I'm certain that that 8% accounts for the majority of the dollars yes. that are spent. yes. So that's where we need to focus, right? Exactly. So, and whether we focus on, you know, I mean, obviously better medications, safer medications, but we have been led down that path many times over the decades yes. and ended out in the same boat. I mean, you watch some of these documentaries on on how different drugs got where they are. Yeah. Yeah. And the opioid usage, you're here all day long. They're saying, yeah, this, this is, I mean, it, well, we'll, we don't have to. Point now, I think we've talked about this yeah. in the past. We have, and you know, when they look at like, oh no, this is this is a miracle drug. Yeah. It, it's totally non-addictive, yeah. Yeah. and that's totally a lie. Right. Well, this statement stat really got me. Chronic pain is the number one cause of disability and disease burden globally, Doctor Mark. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And that's from the National Health Statistics. I, you know, I just, I just, it's just curious. It's like, how, how did we, how did we get here? Exactly. You know, I was going to ask you that question. Well, I mean, I asked it first, so now you have to answer. It says that 80% of adults in the U.S. will experience some kind of back pain in their lifetime. Makes sense. Yeah, we weren't really designed to walk upright. Right, right. And 4 million people will have chronic migraines. Yeah. And uh, chronic neuropathic pain 
affects 17% adults. What is that, Dr. Mark? So chronic neuropathic pain is okay. just, you hear a lot of people that have this recurring, unexplained, often can be associated with diabetes, okay, like pain yeah. in their extremities. Right, right, and right. so that's that chronic neuropathic. All it means is the pain isn't coming from tissue damage. Mm-hmm. It's actually coming from the nerves. The nerves. So damage. the nerves okay. are not, the nerves are firing and interpreting discomfort, I gotcha. even though the stimulus yep. wouldn't otherwise. And in diabetes, that. that can happen. Yes. Foot pain, things like yep. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they can get, they can get both. They can get foot pain. They can also get like loss of feeling to their feet okay. and which becomes a, a real issue for, you know, then wounds occurring. Cause if mm-hmm. you can't feel your skin, just like if you, if you had no feeling in your hand and you leaned across and put your hand on a stove, you don't know right. it's there. Right. So if you have no feeling in your feet and you go hiking, you don't realize that you're getting a, a deep blister because it doesn't you. hurt anymore. Right. Yeah. So that's one thing. The other thing is when at rest, if they're having pain and there's nothing there, that's the neuropathic right. pain. And then, you know, one of the biggest buckets of severe joint pain is arthritis. Yep. And I can tell you, I have a personal experience. My mother had crippling rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. And when she passed away 27 years ago, she was on liquid morphine when she died. Yeah. Yeah. No, they do. I mean, it's, yep. and, and I think that's part of the issue is like some of these things like rheumatoid arthritis can be treated with medications that aren't pain medications because right. we right. know it's it's a... It's a it's a process that is different from just degenerative arthritis. Now, degenerative arthritis, we can prevent to some extent. It's very hard to reverse it, and but I think the go to for all of these things is not going to a pain specialist, and not that all pain specialists are going to do any better than this. It's usually just trying to write write a script, and and you hope that okay, well, we'll get you over this hump, and then you'll move on. But a percentage of folks don't. And, you know, they've gotten a long way with the state's regulations on opioid prescriptions where they, they track, and we have a thing called X-Force here in, here in Florida, and all of the opioid prescriptions are tracked. So if you've got somebody that's going to see a couple of different doctors, if each doctor's writing them a script, the state recognizes and the, the physician can look in and recognize that they're already getting an opioid. So writing an additional opioid is not advised. Right. And then if someone's going to write for these opioids, and let's say you're treating somebody for acute pain, you're only allowed to give them a certain number of pills. Because, you know, the next thing right, we run right. into, because it becomes an addictive property, we run into people selling their own scripts. Like maybe right. they don't really need it. They're going to go get it, and then they're going to sell the pills. Well, you know, it's interesting. When we manage all these patients that we manage in our value-based we see these people that go to ER shopping drugs every week. Yeah, and they'll go to seven or eight hospitals yeah. in a week just to get additional drugs. Sure, because they, they need the drug and they yeah. might sell yeah. some of the drug. Yeah, But, you know, it's interesting, Dr. Mark. It was estimated in 2015 by the a survey, the Medical Expenditure Panel survey by the HHS, that there were estimated 100 million people in America suffering with some type of pain. Yeah, I mean, that's one in three. Yeah, but I mean, that's, I I think the stat, if if you're asking anybody, does anything hurt on you? I mean, I don't know that, I mean, I'm I'm not, I'm not, I don't even really take ibuprofen, but but things hurt. So yeah, that's a loaded question. I don't like those. I think, you know, when you look at the severe, you know, they say that chronic pain is pain that lasts over three months. You want to speak to that? I mean, that's just a definition. Okay. I mean, that's a pretty short amount. It depends on. If you, let's say you had 
a knee injury, mm-hmm. and so that hurt, and then you need to have surgery and rehabilitation. That's going to that's going to take up three months. Okay, and to me, that's reactive to an event. So we're looking at things that I mean, in my mind, you know, the the chronic pain that's really causing the financial burdens and the the loss of yep. life efficiency burdens mm-hmm. are really those longer pieces, you know, and right. and the number one there is going to be back pain. Right. So so I think at that, one time back pain was the number one reason our patients end up in the ER. Oh yeah, no question, no it, question. It got changed to mental health during the COVID yep. area. But no, I remember as yeah. a resident that was yeah, you know, people would come pain. in for the low back pain, and yep. you, you had to like every time you'd have to get an X ray. You know, you couldn't just and you know you literally the uh, more seasoned ER docs would kind of look and say, listen, you know, yep. if if I give you this this uh, relaxant muscle relaxant will you get out of my ear you know i mean it was it was exactly. ugly it's really oh, ugly but that's how they then they go back and it's a huge problem yeah. larry and i think that we have not recognized we've recognized the problem for decades we've we've yep. seen the problem of course what we haven't done is we haven't come up with the right cure and i think our overall the, the big mistake that we're making here mm-hmm. is assuming that the origin of this problem is anywhere but in the hands and the pens of providers. Right. Because once we start down that track, you can't blame a person's physiology right. for, you know, falling into that addiction process when you just hand them the thing that's going to give them the addiction. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of groups that have recognized this and have sort of owned up to it. And the the irony is, I guess in the uh, 2010, 2015 era, there, there were people that were doctors that were being penalized for not addressing pain right. and not treating it. I remember that. And yep. so it became the fifth yep. vital sign. And so that yep. started this whole quagmire yep. of issues. And now we're having to recover and rebound from that. Yep. We're paying for it in all these patients that are addicted to medications. Right. And they say, well, you know, it's a problem. They're getting the pills off the street. They're getting other drugs. Well, no, the, the problem is where it began. So I think we need to look into how we can predict what patients are going to respond negatively if they're exposed to opioids. And if we, it's probably going to come somewhere from looking at the human human genome, but if we can predict that and sort of let that patient know that you are are at risk, therefore I can't in good conscience give you this medication, we're going to figure out something that probably costs more and takes more time, but we're going to address your pain that way. But since we aren't predicting those people, we're saying, well, the cheap and easy way to do it is, you know what, I'm going to give you a week's worth of medicine. We'll see how it goes. Well, you'll never see that patient again. And they may, a percentage of them are going to keep coming back to other places and getting another week, another week, another week. Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Now. To find the answers you are looking for or have a question, you can reach Larry and Dr. Mark by emailing your questions and comments to follow us at healthcarenow.us. And we'll continue our discussion same time next week on navigating our complex healthcare system on Healthcare Now. On Healthcare Now. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.